Welcome to Campaign Chemistry, where we pick the brains of creative alchemists, business wizards, and marketing geniuses behind the world's greatest brands. I'm your host, Allison Weisbrot, editor of Campaign US, and my guest this week is Craig Dempster, global CEO of Merkel, the customer experience division of Dentsu. Dempster has been on Merkel's leadership team for 15 years, overseeing the business as it's gone from a direct marketing database to performance marketing agency to a customer experience behemoth at the intersection of sales, marketing, identity, and commerce. Dempster chats about Merkel's global expansion under Dentsu, where it's one of six agency brands the group will retain as it consolidates its businesses, the future of identity as third-party cookies phase out, and managing the organization through the global pandemic. Hi, Craig. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Allison. Great to be here. Awesome. So you've been at Merkel for a long time, uh, 15 years, I believe. And since then, the company has grown dramatically. It's, it's um, you know, it's been acquired by Dentsu. It's, it's expanded internationally. For you, what's sort of the biggest shift that you've seen um, over your time at Merkel? It's a great question, Allison. I, you know, I, we've we've kind of pivoted the company really five times um, over um, over a thirty year period, um, from the time when David Williams, our CEO, bought the company and it was a small direct mail data processing company, to our pivot to you know data management as as marketing databases came into vogue for. Uh, direct marketers, and then we pivoted that into not just a services and products company, but a agency that could deliver performance for those direct marketers. And then our pivot in what I would call Merkle 4.0 was into performance marketing. So how could we connect that data analytics and technology skill sets into digital media and site-based experiences? And today we're really in this Merkle 5.0, which is, again, using that legacy capability and strength in data technology and analytics, but connecting it to the broad customer experience across sales, service, commerce, and marketing. So that's uh, that's the journey that we've been on. It's interesting because um, it feels like, you know, having roots in direct mail, which is not always the sexiest uh, area of marketing, is now hey, like... Hey, 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 Allison, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did I offend you there? Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it's no, now I was going to say it's now extremely important, right? Because you have that uh, one-to-one connection with consumers. You understand how to work with personally identifiable information in a privacy compliant way. And that's all kind of the future of of where this industry is going. Absolutely. I mean, I think, um, you know, I think it's, uh, I often say that our value proposition is the blending of our DNA of our employees so, you know, that that understanding of direct marketing and database marketing and identity based or people based or whatever language you want to use, then connected to things like digital media and commerce and service experiences that are now, you know, fueled by direct marketing principles um, is is kind of the value proposition of our entire organization. Um, So um, now it takes that's a journey, right, because you have to get as an organization like ours, you have to get digital people to understand database marketing language and database marketing people to understand things like digital media and site based experiences. But when you figure out the secret decoder ring to bring those languages together, that's where the real value happens. 
Mm, for sure. And, you know, all these different, you know, this blend of, of skill sets that you have at Merkel has made you a pretty uh, important part of Dentsu's strategy internationally. And uh, they've sort of really bolstered you guys as one of the key pillars of, of where their entire holding company is going. Talk a little bit about that and how that sort of changed your focus and Merkel's focus um, within the Dentsu business. Yeah, so I, I would say I would say that we kind of operate it, you know, in in two ways. One is if you think about enablement to activation, we are the enablement from an analytics, technology, and data perspective of the entire value proposition of Dentsu. And then it's how do we activate that into the creative work we do, and how we activate that into the media work we do. At the same time. Um, you know, Merkel also competes, you know, head to head with people like Deloitte and Accenture in systems integration work and implementation of of technologies of managed services associated with that. Um, and there's a lot of deal flow for that as companies are trying to transform. So we keep our eye on the integrated value proposition that Dentsu can bring and the enablement that that Merkel brings to that, and we keep our eye on the marketplace of the, you know, SIs and consultants where we compete with the, the specific capabilities that, that Merkel has. Um, so that's, that's um, you know, that's kind of the, the, the business strategy for us at this point. Yeah. Do those capabilities ever come together? Like, you know, Dentsu with Merkel is trying to move more into that systems integration space and then the systems integrators, the Accenture's and Deloitte's are acquiring creative services. Like, do you ever now see them in, in more full service pitches? We do. Um, we do, certainly. However, um, on the media side, we really don't see them as players, right? They don't have a, a, a media buying side to their business, really. They consult on that side. They help with implementations of technologies that might enable um, media execution, but they don't have a credible business in media. So if the if the the brief is that you are going to be the global media agency or even the regional media agency, those players really don't show up in that space. Mm. Interesting. So talk to me about uh, CXM, this customer experience management. That's sort of Merkel's positioning now within Dentsu. What does that mean, um, and and why is that important? Yeah. So. What it means is that, uh, as I was stating earlier, today brands are built um, through customer experience, um, sales, service, commerce, and marketing. Um, and you know, if you looked historically from a marketing perspective, you would typically look at advertising, CRM, and loyalty, right? But now, as a as a marketer or as a customer experience management. Um, transformation organization, you need to be able to facilitate the interactions across all of those touch points that I talked about. So that's really what CXM is about. And there's a lot of things that are accelerating that opportunity. Certainly the pandemic has accelerated that opportunity um, with people now, um, you know, fully engaged digitally, even baby boomers um, and their expectations um, are very high in terms of what the brand experience is going to be across sales, service, commerce, and marketing. So that accelerated. The other thing that has accelerated it is 
is the platforms, the platforms like Adobe and Salesforce um, that have a integrated stack now um, with with customer at the center of that and the ability to use those stacks to create this customer experience journey that lives across those those different touch points that were traditionally siloed. Um, and then, you know, and I'm sure we'll get to it. And then you have, you know, the death of the third party cookie and the, you know, enhanced focus on first party data. And those are all creating this opportunity for companies to really create competitive advantage through customer experience management. And that's the services provider um, that we want to be with the brands that we work with. Mm, Yes, we will definitely talk about the death of the third party cookie. But first, you brought up the the pandemic. Um, You took on the global CEO role in April of last year, I remember, because we spoke about it. Um, that that was a tricky time to take on such a big role. <laughs> What's the past year been like for you? <laughs> yeah, it's like, great, I'm the CEO and we were dealing with a global pandemic. You know, <laughs> better timing. This is what I've waited the last 25 years for. <laughs> but uh, look, it, look, like everybody, it was tricky. Um, and, you know, for me, I really focused on communicating um, and communicating frequently and um, and with a lot of context and content uh, to our global employee base that's now over 13,000 employees. And, um, you know, I held, you know, weekly, um, you know, weekly video conference calls where people could ask any question they wanted. I might not have all the right answers, but being a leader during that, during this time has, you had to, you had to, you know, really show empathy um, and, and really demonstrate the strength of your culture and really be there for your employees first. Um, so our focus was employees first and clients first, right? That Those are our two biggest stakeholders and two most important people to us. Um, and so we just doubled down on how could we make a better environment for our employees and how could we still continue to deliver the strong work for our clients? And, and we navigated it very well from a Merkle perspective. Um, and, um, you, know, you know, we had limited decline in our overall business, um, which positioned us for great growth this year that we're already seeing. Yeah. So talk about like the client relationships during the pandemic. Like you mentioned, a lot of the um, underlying consumer shifts that were caused by the pandemic were, were big tailwinds for Merkle and the services you provide. So talk about maybe how they shifted what they asked for from you, um, the way that they maybe even Dentsu incorporated Merkle's expertise in cross-agency pitches and accounts. Um, how, did, how did the client relationship change? Well, a couple of things that I'd point out there. One is, is that clients got very focused on their existing customers, right? So uh, they pulled back in areas like media, as an example. Um, and as you focused on customers, that's a great opportunity for a company like Merkle with the skill sets we had, you know, certainly grounded in things like CRM and loyalty and so forth. So I think that there was a big focus and, and a shift of people's mindset onto um, how do I focus on my existing customer base? So we saw a lot of that. We saw a lot of people understanding the importance of first-party data. How do I effectively gather that data? 
How do they then integrate that data? How do I manage that data? And then how do I activate it into the relationships that I have um, with customers? So that was a, you know, that was a real positive for us. Um, and um, we've also seen clients now also want to go fast, right? So in, in a traditional during, you know, historically, you would see most of the market being an RFP-based market, but clients that you've developed trust with um, are more apt to now say, no, I just want to go fast, so let's go and do this, and we're not going to go out for an RFP on this. Now, they have to fight with their procurement departments on that sometimes, but that's another trend that we are seeing, which is an exciting trend. Mm. So does that mean that, you know, they're not necessarily pitching? They're just sort of giving you projects? Like, how does that work? Yeah, it's it's that you've, you know, over time you've developed such trust that something that might, you know, be a new area for us that we're focused on, like commerce as an example, they're giving us that opportunity without going out to an RFP to, to do that work for them because of the value we've created in other areas previously for them. Interesting. Um, so we're sort of dancing around the cookie topic. Um, I know people, first party data is, is a major way that, that clients are looking to future proof themselves for losing these, um, this identity tracker that they've been reliant on for so long. Would you say that like helping clients manage and, and, uh, deploy their first party data is that now like the biggest part of your business? How big of a focus is that? It's, it's a big, it's a big part of the focus. Again, you know, what, what we try to work with clients on, you know, and I'll just try to, you know, dimensionalize it for you is, okay, what are the programs that you're actually running? So the promotions and the gamification and, um, you know, and the expansion of your loyalty programs, what are these, what are these engagements like? to collect more data from existing customers and also bring in new customers or prospective customers where you can capture their identity. Um, and then we're working with them to say, okay, once you do that, you've got to get that in an environment where you can add analytics or you know, artificial intelligence-based analytics to that data so that you can then engage that person across whatever platform or area that they're going to engage with you in. And then how do you, you know, activate that into those areas? And then ultimately, how do you measure the success of that? So I think that, um, you know, I think that there, you know, there is this, you know, full end to end focus on first party data. It's, it's how you get access to it. And then it's how do you keep access to that individual and how do you make them a loyal customer over time? Mm -hmm. And Merkel also has its own identity solution called Mercury, which I, I believe is sort of like a separate uh, company almost. How is that set up within your business and talk well, about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Allison, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but it is a um, it's not a separate company. Mercury is a brand. Um, it's a product brand within Merkel. Um, so most of our business is as a services company, but Mercury is actually a product that we offer to the marketplace. Um, and as you said, it's an identity resolution system. And I think what differs it from other identity resolution systems is, is that 
we're trying to use that to help companies build their own IP, their own identity graph, you know, shall I say, kind of their own walled garden um, around identity, uh, opposed to a lot of other identity resolution providers are kind of black box. I throw my data into it. Um, and it gets, you know, sent to somewhere else for me to activate that, right? But you don't really know how it's happening. Our, our Mercury team really works with a company to consult with them on what their identity objectives are. Then how do we build that identity solution for you using our Mercury technology capabilities, you know, within your own environments, therefore creating your own IP. Got it. So it's more of like a bespoke solution as opposed to just buying what's what's out there in the market. Yes, although although it's grounded, it, you know, it, it has to be grounded in a product that allows you to do identity recognition, um, identity uh, data integration. It has to be able to connect to different platforms for activation. It has to um, it has to um, you know. Uh, provide measurement feedback. So it needs a lot of product behind it, but it is, you know, it is unique to our clients and what their first party identity um, objectives are. Mm. Are clients using it? Yes, yes, yes. And, and we're not out there trying to service the, a lot of identity resolution companies are out there trying to service the entire marketplace, Right. We're trying to service large-scale clients who are trying to, you know, decide on what their overall identity strategy is going to be. So this isn't about going out and getting 100 clients or 200 clients a year and being a platform for the marketplace. This is about uniquely working with large-scale clients. Um, and, you know, if we, uh, if we have 20 of them a year, that's, that's fine by me because the scale of those projects and the outcome of those projects for our clients will add a lot of value. Mm. And is it just Merkle clients or are there clients you're working with that are not Merkle clients for Mercury? Um, is certainly uh, within Dentsu, um, you know, there are a lot of clients that we're working with across Dentsu. Um, that were originally Dentsu clients and now have become Merkle clients um, on the Mercury platform. Interesting. So how does it fit with other solutions in the market? There's so many, you know, different names being thrown out there. I think the biggest is probably Unified ID 2.0. Um, mm -hmm. You know, how does, how does, how do all these things interoperate? And then, you know, down the road, like, w does this field like whittle down to just a few, like, how do you see this whole thing evolving in a sense? Yeah, I do. first of all, I always see things um, that are technology based. There's usually two winners um, and everybody else is kind of the loser. So um, and you can you could look at email platforms. You could look I mean, you could just look at Adobe and Salesforce. Right. I mean, okay. they've got very similar capabilities. There were hundreds and hundreds of companies that had aspects of those capabilities that no longer exist. You know, you can look back at the ad serving companies, you know, when it really, um, you know, really, you know, double, you know, it was, it was, um, you know, double click and, and that, that really kind of became the world, right? You can look at the, you know, the Google GMP stack. There's, they really kind of won the ad tech 
kind of war in some way. So I do think it will it'll come down to a couple of players. Um, I do think that there will the market has to come together collectively, though, to stitch a lot of this together, to give it the necessary scale it needs. Um, so I think right now you're seeing a lot of partnerships um, that that will extend across the ecosystem, you know, whether that's, um, you know, whether that's with somebody like a, a trade desk or um, or a media math um, or, you know, a live air, a, a live, um, I'm sorry, Axioms, I can't remember the What's live ramp. ramp. I'm sorry. I have live area is a recent acquisition we did. And I have live area on my mind because I was with them yesterday um, with live ramp. So, um, so, you know, and then there's new star, there's another player. So it's interesting it, now that you're mentioning it, because as you think about the way the data ecosystem kind of evolved in terms of third party data historically, it was a very, um, you know, it was a kind of incestuous business where, you know, Experian would provide data to Axiom and Axiom would provide data to Experian. And, you know, mm-hmm. people, they'd all provide data to us for us to aggregate. So I do think that there is, while I do think two big players will emerge, I do think that there's a lot of partnering that takes place even when people are frenemies in some way. Mm. You want to place any bets on who those players might be? Nope. okay fair enough um well as you um you know as as mark we're in this really like nascent phase right now with the cookie disappearing um what interesting tactics are you seeing marketers take up well you know what's interesting is one of the things that we are seeing is you see a lot of language around i have you know, three million first party records in my data management platform today. And within the next two years, I want 60 million. Help me do that. Right. That really was never a topic before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, um, you know, it's it's really interesting that people are asking that. Now, I would I would I always say is that, yeah, the, having the goal of a certain quantity is important, but it's really the quality. It's the quality of those first party relationships and ultimately the financial value to your brand and to your company of the individuals that you have a relationship with. Right. Um, So. uh, So anyway, that's, um, you know, that that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's sort of like if we if we go back to just quantity, that's more of the third party data strategy. Right. Where you're just like give me more data, but is it quality data? Is it accurate data? Um, That stuff is important. So you mentioned Live Area, which is a recent acquisition by Merkel. Um, Talk about that and and what they're going to bring to your business. Yeah, I mean, it's a super exciting acquisition for us. As I talked about earlier, you know, we believe that, um, you know, really a brand is built through sales, service, commerce, and marketing. And to be quite honest, we actually have larger commerce capabilities in Europe and in, in APAC than we did here in the United States. Um, and this is our number one market. Um, and so, you know, to be a credible player, we needed a, a commerce capability at scale. Um, and uh, that's what Live Area brought to us. So 
first of all, a fantastic management team. I, I'm fortunate, I was fortunate enough to have them all at my house last night for dinner with a, with a bunch of Merkle folks. So it was great to get together with people in person. Okay. Um, and a really strong cultural fit with our organization, really growth oriented, innovative, fun, fun people to be around. Um, and what it brings to us is, um, you know, is really on the Adobe platform and the Salesforce platform, the ability to implement their clouds in commerce um, that uh, that live area has a lot of experience in and and then bringing it back to, well, how do we differ? How will we differentiate from other people who can implement those commerce technologies and strategies for companies? It's our ability to bring that data that we've been talking about and the analytics that sits on top of that into those commerce platforms to create better experiences um, through personalization. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, how how big of a focus is commerce for you? I mean, that's definitely one of the big growth areas in the entire industry right now. It's big. It's big. Um, and I think that you'll continue to see us be aggressive um, in both commerce as well as experience um, uh, capabilities. So I talk a lot about this this equation for customer experience transformation. And I use this equation, data transformation plus digital transformation equals customer experience transformation. So we've got the data transformation capabilities, you know, in, you know, it, it, you know, in tremendous scale, right? That's been our core. It, the digital transformation, if you view that through what the experience of the consumer is actually going to be, that's what we've been scaling over the last five years. Um, and commerce is a big part of that. Um, and so when we think that when you can bring those two things together um, effectively, first of all, we think that really differentiates us as a provider in the marketplace, as a strategic provider in the marketplace. But we think that that will lead companies to the customer experience transformation that they're looking for. Mm. So Merkel um, has always been a very acquisitive company. Actually, I probably shared the story with you, but the first story I ever wrote as a reporter covering the advertising industry for ad exchanger was Mer a Merkel acquisition <laughs> in, in London. Um, yeah. It was about, what was, it? was it periscopics? I think it was D DBG. DBG, right. That wow. put us into the data, the data management space, um, in, um, in, in, in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. it well. Yeah. <laughs> Always have a special place in my heart for, uh, <laughs> Merkel acquisitions. Um, but so talk to me about, I know when, um, when you first joined, first took on the role as CEO, you were talking about how, um, you know, acquisitions will continue to be a big focus. But in the pandemic, you pushed back, pulled back a little just because you like to meet people, make sure the cultures are, are fit. And that was tough. Um, clearly, you're already back to making acquisitions. What's what's next there? What can we expect to see? Yeah, I think I, I first of all, I think you'll continue to see us um, be aggressive here. Um, and, um, you know, I, when we're, when we're looking for an acquisition, um, it's, it's typically either that we're trying to expand our geography. Um, we're trying to get into a new capability set that, that we don't have, or we're trying to scale what I would call a fast current capability. Commerce is a good example of it. So those are the three things that we're, that we'd work on. 
I think that as you as as I talked about earlier, I think you'll see us stay focused on acquiring companies that provide services around the implementation and managed services um, of of existing large scale technologies in the marketplace. Example would be uh, people like Adobe, Salesforce, AWS, um, Google Cloud, GMP. Those are all areas of focus for us. Um, we want to grow um, our um, all three of our markets. You know, the, the Americas, EMEA, and APAC. Um, we, um, but you know, we also want to place more emphasis, you know, in APAC right now because we don't really have huge scale right now there. It represents, um, you know, maybe fifteen percent of our overall business. Um, so. And then, you know, if I if I take it away from, you know, what are the you know, the services around technology? It's got to be attached to either sales, um, service, commerce, or marketing. So mm-hmm. technologies that support the interactions um, through those channels will be the areas that we focus on. Interesting. And um, so it's it, Merkel. Like when you think about expanding internationally. How difficult is that to keep up with different data regulations and different markets like in the UK? I mean, in uh, Europe, it's completely different than in the US with GDPR. Even within the US, there's California Privacy Act, different states. I'm sure Asia is a completely different ballgame. What do you think about when you're scaling into these different markets that that other agencies maybe don't necessarily need to consider as much? Yeah, I mean, I think, look, I mean, because we've been in this business for so long around identity, um, and, you know, from our direct marketing heritage, privacy has always been, you know, at the core of who we are. So we have a lot of experience um, to learn, you know, to, to build off of. Um, and we have a very large team that's very focused on that. Um, and so, you know, prior to going into any new market, We'll do a whole privacy study in terms of, you know, what are the rules and regulations and, and you know, and get very engaged in that market and understanding that market, have our legal teams and our privacy teams working together to ensure that anything that we create for that market is going to be compliant with that market. So, look, I mean, it is it, it's a heavy lift. Um, but it's a lift that we're kind of used to, you know, because of our heritage. Um, so I think it makes it easier for us. Now, there are other companies that it makes it, you know, easy, easier for too. Uh, you know, and, and Axiom would be a great example of that. They grew up the same way we did. So they have a really strong privacy capability at Axiom. And I know some days they're a competitor to us, but, but uh, I think that companies of that ilk and ours are, you know, are in the best position as they expand into new geographies because of the experience set that they have. Mm. If anyone can handle it, you guys can. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, I agree. (laughs) um, So how are you thinking? We're in this weird crossroads again with the pandemic about people were getting ready to return to the office. Now a lot of companies are postponing that. What's your position on that for Merkel and, and how do you see that maybe evolving through the rest of the year? Yeah, you know, it's really I, I, I had a I was in a conversation this morning that was a pretty sobering conversation in that, you know, really only five percent of the world right now is vaccinated. 
which I really didn't, it didn't, uh, I didn't really know that until this morning. And the conversation that we were having was, is that we might be in this for much longer than you think, because while we have the Delta variant now, because only 5% of the world is vaccinated, we could be seeing variants for a very long time. Um, and, um, and so I think we have to, we're going to have to adopt, um, you know, to a new environment for much longer than I, than, than I thought we were going to have to. Um, and so the keys for that is how do you, how do you get that still have those one-on-one interactions that are face-to-face? How do you bring teams of people together um, you know, on a, on a more regular basis. And I, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on those things opposed to focusing on how many people can we get into an office at this point in time, mm-hmm. right? It's really about how many one-to-one interactions can we create productively? How many gatherings can we create? Because Services businesses are really strong cultural businesses because they're people-based businesses. Mm -hmm. And so if you're unable to get that one-to-one or, you know, one-to-many interaction, it's hard to keep the culture going. Um, And so I think people like to talk about the subject of opening offices and what timing and how many and so on and so forth. I'm I'm a little bit less focused on that. I'm focusing on how do we get more interactions that are face to face and more, um, you know, more groups of people together on a more regular basis. I don't care if it's in an office or in my backyard. Mm. So more maybe like small gatherings and things like that. Yes. Yes. Um, So how are you, I mean, how do you keep morale high? I know we've written a few stories recently about how agencies are now facing this massive talent crunch as, as, business picks back up is that affecting like businesses like Merkel's in the same way or is that more so on like the creative and media side and if so what are your strategies for attracting talent well first of all it's to be a growth company (laughs) (laughs) if you're a growth company um with a strong culture um that's well run um then there'll always be talent that will want to come to you Right. So, um, uh, you know, we focus on those things every day. How do we be a market leader? How do we be a strong cultural company? And how do we be a really well run company? Um, and so that's one. I think, look, we're not immune to it. The whole market is dealing with attrition. Right. And, and, and I, this is a global issue right now. Um, attrition. Um, and it's happening across industries. Um, and so we're dealing with it as well. And also the talent that we're looking for um, is in these vast currents, you know, t- uh, you know, around commerce, around, you know, these technologies like AWS or like Google Cloud or like, uh, you know, Salesforce and Adobe. And so um, so we're not immune to it. I think we're in a good position because we have a very strong brand and we have a very strong company. Um, and. To be honest, also, you know, a lot of the work in order to be competitive in this marketplace and in order to seek out the talent and the skill set, you also have to look at your offshore capabilities. So India is incredibly important to us. Mm. Uh, you know, within Merkel, we have over 3,500 employees that are in India now. Um, and, uh, 
you know, so I, I guess to answer your question is we're not immune to it. We got a lot of strategies around it. Um, but I think the best thing that you can do as a business leader right now is is be a great place that people want to come to and want to grow their careers on. Yeah, well, you know, on that note, obviously, diversity and inclusion is a closely related issue to this and a big yes. one for advertising. Yes. Um, Merkel, you know, Merkel sits at the intersection of advertising and tech, right, which are two industries notorious for not being great about this. Um What's your approach? Obviously, you know, you, you probably could talk about this for, for a very long time, but like, are there, specific, are there specific things that you're, that you're focused on right now to keep the momentum going? Look, I mean, first of all, uh, you know, I, I lead, um, you know, our DEI initiatives. I sit on top of this and, you know, our pillars for, uh, you know, DEI are a gender pillar, an LGBTQ plus pillar, uh, a mental health pillar, um, a, um, a race and ethnicity pillar, um, and a, um, and a disability pillar. Um, and we have large teams of people that are both dedicated as well as people who are, um, contribute their time. And we, you know, allow them within their utilization to spend time on these specific topics. Um, the, the challenge to be very honest with you is it's very hard to, uh, to be excellent at all of those in all of those areas, right? So you have to you have to properly feed them all and support the initiatives and the programs that you put together across all of them. But then you really need to really lean in hard to a couple of them to get the outcome that you're looking for. And for us, those two are race and ethnicity and gender. Um, and we five years ago we began a women in leadership uh, program. And we've made tremendous strides with the balance of, of gender. And it's hard, as you said, in an industry, especially technology and analytics and STEM, you know, where you, your candidate pools are smaller. So what you have to focus on um, both for the BIPOC community as well as to get um, diversity in terms of gender is you have to focus on, um, on, uh, on, on a lot of things. But two of the most important things are getting a diverse slate for every candidate you're hiring. So, you know, the candidates that are, that, that you're interviewing for, for a role has to be diverse. And then you have to have a diverse interview team on the other side of it. That's how you really start to drive it. Um, and I think, you know, kind of the, and I don't want to say it's easy because it's not easy, but the bottom of your business pyramid in terms of bringing in new young talent, it's a lot, it's a lot easier there, mm-hmm. um, you know, because you can develop the relationships with, um, you know, with certain universities. You can focus on, you know, recruiting classes um, and, um, you know, and, and internships where you can really drive that. And we have some great programs with historically black colleges and universities. Like we have a relationship with Howard now where we are developing curriculum for them. We're teaching their teachers the curriculum um, and we're guest speaking in that curriculum. And then we're using that as a platform to bring in students from Howard University into internship programs or hiring them right out of school. Um, So I guess my point is there's a lot here, a lot of tactics. um, And um, but I'm also super proud of the work that we're doing. These things are journeys, too. They 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 they're not they're not things that you solve overnight. 
Um, and so you always have to stay balanced with the employee base of of placing the effort there, driving the programs that are going to create long term um, change for you. But but having people understand that it just doesn't happen overnight. It's going to mm-hmm. be a journey. And then once you get people that that diversity that you want so that your organization is a reflection of society, which is what you want, you want anybody to walk in the door and say, I see myself in this organization. That's what you want, right? Um, you know, then you have to get people up into the organization. So you got to get them up to the senior management level. So you have to develop specific programs to focus on, you know, on, on females, for example, and how to drive them into the, into the executive ranks as well as the BIPOC community. And so, it's 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 something that I'm super passionate about, and um, and it's a it's it's a it's a fun and rewarding journey, um, but it is a journey. Yeah, for sure. Well, I can tell you that you you think a lot about it, and we'll definitely be uh, interested to see how it evolves. But for now, it's it's time to say goodbye. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, Allison, it's always a pleasure talking to you. I appreciate the time and uh, and I look forward to talking to you again. Great. Thanks. That's all the time we have this week. Thanks for tuning in to Campaign Chemistry and we'll see you next time.